This is Daniel Hagenorm for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com, and our podcast is for all things parenting. This is day 31 of our 365-day journey with you. My wife and I are so passionate about helping parents reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. So our podcast focuses on the time-tested principles any parent can learn and apply to build an emotionally safe home and to help their children thrive. So we talk about every parent's most basic fears because they used to be our fears too. You know, things like, I don't have what it takes to be a good parent, or I'm not qualified, or I'm going to mess my kids up. And as parents, we know we'll do anything to help our kids. And since our ceiling is our children's floor, we owe it to them to always be learning and growing. So for the next 365 days, you have been invited into our experiment, and we are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every day, every step of the way. So we've been talking about personality. We've been talking about how identity really forms the basis of our confidence or lack thereof. And part of uh, our identity is is really the, the personality type. It's, it's kind of a way of describing who we essentially are. And so in this process, uh, we've, we've described this, this idea of, of personality type as a language, right? And so the, the better you uh, speak, in other words, the more fluent you become in the language of the people that are around you, and in particular, your kids, the more effectively you're going to be able to communicate. And one of the things I was sharing yesterday is this notion of personality types. It's not like it's a new thing. As I said yesterday, if you go to a, a self-improvement um seminar or a business seminar or even a lot of times um, just dealing with the HR department at a job you're applying to, you're going to get some type of personality evaluation back. And, and though there are a ton of great ones out there that are very comprehensive and very deep, I have really uh, grown, I, I love Danny Johnson's gems the most. I just feel the thing that I think makes it so good is that it's the only thing I've actually been able to learn and then practically use. The other stuff is very comprehensive, but very difficult to put into actual practice, at least for me. So um, I kind of talk about the personality types in the traditional Greek understanding. You know, so Greeks are the really ones that, that first came up with this idea of, they called them humors. I don't know where that came from, but but what we would call personality types. And, and of course, Danny Johnson, she talks about them as gems. So I'm just sort of giving you a, a general uh, description of kind of what each of the personality types are like so that you can hopefully identify the primary and secondary type that your child has and then you can learn to speak uh, their language, so to speak. Okay, so we kind of introduced this idea yesterday. Then we talked a little bit about the sanguines or the sapphires in in gem language. Today we're going to talk about the phlegmatics, uh, which Danny Johnson would talk about as a pearl. Um, the, this is an introverted personality type. And so phlegmatics often appear extremely slow-paced and, and stubborn. They, they kind of go through life quietly doing as little as possible while expending a minimum of effort. And it's, it's unclear 
exactly if this is because they have low energy or just don't want to use the little energy they do possess. But they're very task-oriented. They have a great capacity for work that requires precision, accuracy, while expending a minimum of energy. Only sleep truly regenerates a phlegmatic. Although uh, they do really enjoy people and they do get a little bit of a charge from that as well. But anyways, but it, it, it's kind of, it's, it's actually impossible, I, I think, to guess the number of brilliant thoughts or great books or beautiful works of art or wonderful ministries that have been buried with the phlegmatic. Tragically, they seldom, if ever, use these ideas and talents because it would require expending too much effort to put these ideas into practice. The phlegmatic usually observes the other personality types as they are busy doing things, often wrongly in their mind, and noting everything in the world that needs to be changed. They're people that really want to change the world and change things. They're cause-driven. And though they're able to easily identify an injustice, phlegmatics rarely, if ever, initiate an action against that injustice. However, they will usually attempt to inspire others to take action while remaining somewhat personally involved. Um, although there's a little bit of a, a conflict on this um, because, you know, uh, the pearls tend to be more cause-driven. But anyways, remember, I'm just going to interject here, kind of interrupt myself and just say, this is not an exact science. So we're not, nobody's pretending that it is. Um, clearly we have seven and a half billion people on planet earth. There's no way that we can precisely and neatly categorize everybody into four categories. Um, so we're not trying to do that. What we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to say, look, generally speaking, this is, these are the sorts of things that generally describe my child. And then maybe this is like a secondary thing that generally describes my child. And when I communicate with them, I'm going to sort of speak in those languages so that I can talk better. That's, that's all this really is. Because I, I just mentioned that because sometimes people think that, that this is kind of like some sort of scientific thing and we're breaking people down into exact parts and, and that, that's really not the case at all. So... The, the phlegmatic is really the most stable of the personality types. Um, and they're, they're kind of only one of the four that the choleric really isn't able to control, which of course frustrates the choleric to no end. Um, but all of the personality types, of all of them, the phlegmatic is the most resistant to change. Um, and... And so they, they're kind of natural negotiators and diplomats. They're, they're people that are, that are kind of quietly effective at, you know, talking with others. The phlegmatic has no fear of rejection and is able to handle unaffectionate and hostile people. They're very easygoing. Uh, they're, for the most part, largely unaffected by emotional outbursts, um, exaggerated feelings, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness that some of the other personality types can struggle with. But their, their kind of cool, complacent attitudes can often hurt those that love them. Um, phlegmatics have a natural inclination to observe rather than become involved, which, even though they love people, prevents them from really giving themselves to others, which in turn prevents them from receiving from others. So let's just quickly review uh, some of their um, 
strengths and weaknesses emotionally. Okay, so first of all, the, the emotional strengths. Um, they have a low-key personality, very easygoing and relaxed, calm, cool, and collected. They're very patient, well-balanced. They tend to have a consistent life. They're, they're quiet, but, but very witty and, and clever. They're very sympathetic and kind. Uh, they can keep their emotions hidden. They're, they're pretty happily reconciled to life overall. And they're just an all-around, or I should say an all-purpose person is maybe a better way of saying it. Now, some of their weaknesses emotionally, um, they, can, they can be unenthusiastic. Uh, they can be fearful and worried. Uh, they can be indecisive. They can avoid responsibility. Um, they have sort of this quiet will of iron, which you know could be good or bad, I guess, depending on. They can be selfish. They can be overly shy and reticent, perhaps too compromising and self-righteous. So those are just a few things. Now, in terms of friendship, right? So some of their strengths as a, as a friend is they're easy to get along with. They're very pleasant and enjoyable. They're inoffensive. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to offend you with, with much. They're a very good listener. They kind of have a dry sense of humor. They enjoy watching people. They often have many friends and they keep those friends. Uh, they have compassion and concern. The, the weakness in the friendship is they can sometimes dampen enthusiasm. They can sort of remain uninvolved, maybe not be particularly exciting, indifferent to plans. They can judge others. They, they can be maybe overly sarcastic and teasing sometimes and definitely resist change. Now, lastly, in terms of work or school, their strengths and weaknesses. So their strengths at work or school, um, competent and steady. Uh, peaceful and agreeable. They have administrative ability. They mediate problems well. They avoid conflicts. Which now, if you're if you're doing that because you're diplomatic, that's that's good. Perhaps a weakness of that is if you're doing that to be a people pleaser. But uh, they're very good under pressure. Uh, they they're able to tend. They tend to find the easy way of of accomplishing something. The weaknesses at work or school is they're not really goal oriented. Uh, they can lack self motivation. You know, hard to get mo- moving and motivated. Uh, they, they resent at the same time being pushed. Uh, they can sometimes be lazy and careless or discourage others. They would just rather, they'd rather be more in an, in an observational posture overall. Um, again, just a quick summary. Phlegmatics are able to, they're, they're, they can perform tedious chores, which is, you know, actually kind of a, a benefit, you know, and this is where you sort of use their, their strengths, right? They can relate to both tasks and people. They have a, a very calm, easygoing demeanor. They're very efficient at things. They're very perfectionistic. Um, they can function actually quite well in a, in a hostile social setting because nothing really ruffles their feathers. They're very, they're kind of unflappable that way, you know? They're, now, they're often unwilling to get involved. They, they can sort of be an observer rather than a participant. Uh, a lot of times they'll use a verbal defense that can hurt others. And they're able to use this against anyone that, that kind of attempts to motivate or control them, which in particular is cholerics. So it's, it's interesting. They're, they're kind of a, an interesting personality type. Um, again, if you are, you're, we're not looking that, oh, you're going to, if you are this type, you're every single one of these things, right? Remember that we are all part of all four of them, 
right? We, we have all four elements. It's really just a matter of how many of each of the elements we have and to what degree we have them, right? That's, that's what we're kind of thinking about. Anyways, I know I've said that a few times. I'll probably say it a few more times throughout just as a, it's a good reminder because sometimes people can get very focused on, oh my gosh, I have to be all these things or I'm not that, right? We're looking for what, what generally represents you, right? Um, and I found people that, you know, again, when you've, when you've grew, when you focus on grooming this and you become intentional about it, uh, it's amazing. A lot of those edges start to soften and then rub away entirely. And so you can have somebody who is a groomed Ruby and they have a lot more of the strengths and a lot less of the weaknesses, right? So it's just kind of a, something to keep in mind. Um, but lastly, just kind of finishing this up. So, so the phlegmatics or, or the pearls, they're usually very practical, conservative, peace-loving. They're they're good peacemakers, arbitrators. You know, uh, they can be indecisive. You know, we we kind of joke about how if if two phlegmatics or pearls got married and they they want to go to dinner, you know, and like, well, where do you want to go? I don't know, honey. Where do you want to go? Oh, I, it doesn't matter to me. It's it just I just want to go wherever you want to go. Well, I don't care at all. I, I just I want you to be. I mean, like, oh my goodness, you know, how do you ever get to dinner? <laughs> but um, but they can often procrastinate, and and again, there, there's a difficulty motivating them. But but overall, they're well balanced, easygoing, non-demanding, calm. They're they're realistics they're in their demand for love and affection. In deeper relationships, though, phlegmatics can struggle because of their tendency tendency to be more of an observer than a participant, and and so they're they're rarely self-sacrificing and and can be unemotional and inexpressive. So that's. That's kind of the, the phlegmatic or in the Danny Johnson terminology, the, the pearl. Um, as far as the, the melancholic goes, the melancholic is sort of, uh, it's also an introverted personality. It, sometimes, you know, in the Danny Johnson terminology, this would be an emerald. But a melancholic has difficulties communicating their feelings uh, because they're emotionally speaking, they're very self-protected uh, and guarded. They usually demonstrate or or communicate love for others by by being dependable and and responsible rather than being uh, physically or verbally demonstrative. So you know they 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 just become your your rock, right? You can always count on them. So they they may not say much in that regard um, or be you know physically uh, affectionate or or verbally affirming, but but they their dependability and responsibility. And again, just think about, let me just take, take a second here. Just think about if you're able to see that, let's say in your spouse, this is a great example. Um, you know, understanding that about your spouse, you know, oh, wow, when they're dependable and responsible, that's how they're telling me they love them, they love me. And so you can you can appreciate that. You can have a little bit of, of grace and then have a communication about maybe if you want them to be more physically affectionate or more verbally affirming, then you can have that conversation. But at least you're coming from a place of knowing, oh, that they're not ignoring me or blowing me off. This is just, they have a different way of showing me how much they care. And I think that, I think that just helps generally in relationships. Um, sometimes moods, will will lift a melancholic to extreme highs but but then at other times they can be gloomy and depressed 
by nature, they're typically unsocial. You know, they, they kind of, they can be around people, but they tend to regenerate by being alone. Um, but for them, meeting new people can be a little difficulty. Uh, social activities can be emotionally draining. And so in that regard, they're the most, most self-centered of the four personality types. They have a, a very sensitive uh, emotional nature, though. So even though they might not be demonstrative physically or verbally, they, they do have a very sensitive emotional nature. In fact, feelings dominate their being. So as a result of that, then they can be easily offended or insulted. And, and this is the, the hard part, because of that, they're often suspicious, which then leads to jumping to unfounded conclusions. So, you know, that of course just makes and complicates relationships even more for them. Uh, they can suffer from analysis of paralysis, right? We call it. And their tendency, um, their tendency towards self-examination then results in inactivity and low energy because they're overthinking everything, which causes, uh, as you might imagine, a variety of problems. But the flip side is their intellectual and analytical energies will allow them to see the end results of a project before moving forward. I mean, these are the people that, you know, I I analyze, therefore I am, right? That's their, their motto in life. Um, but on the surface... A melancholic can appear very calm, very quiet, but underneath that, they're often angry and resentful. And so for them, they usually stuff their feelings until they explode into an angry fit of rage. And again, that is a problem, right? Because, uh, you know, they're, they're sort of seething under the surface and then there's a huge blow up. Whereas if they could if they could groom that out of themselves and learn to talk about things in the moment, it would be a lot more effective for them. And again, just keep, I know I keep saying this, but as we're going through this, you know, every single weakness is an undirected strength, right? And as, as these qualities are groomed in our children, the same thing is going to happen. Their weaknesses are going to start slipping away. Uh, their, um, I, I guess you could say their um, strengths are going to announce themselves more loudly. And, and you're going to see that, that difference, right? Now, when melancholics sort of rise up into their creative strengths, and, and then they bring those strengths under God, they are capable of, seriously, I mean, truly remarkable things, on the, on the flip side of that, though, if they fall to their weakness, they can become very destructive to themselves and to those close to them because they're prone to deep depression. So the pure, the pure melancholic, right? I mean, you're uber melancholic. They're an introverted loner, right? Uh, they're more task-oriented than relationship-oriented. And, and melancholics are perfectionists anyway and tend to set an unreasonable standard for themselves and for others. So sometimes that can save to a sanguine or a sapphire and you have a, a, a melancholic, they're, they're just sort of asking questions to find things out. And the sanguine is just receiving that like it's a grilling, like they're just being, you know, 
put under the spotlight and all right, talk, you know, kind of a thing, uh, like an interrogation, you know? So, um, but, but Melancocks are very, very loyal and they're especially loyal to their family and friends. They keep their promises. They're, they're a very private, serious people. I mean, they're the kind of people, they're really the only four, uh, one of the four personality types that actually get anywhere on time. The other ones tend not to, but they're always, um, they're, for the most part, in, in kind of contrast to the phlegmatic, they are very self-motivated. So the interesting thing is because they are self-motivated, because they have a very high standard for themselves, uh, they don't really respond to the promise or reward nor the threat of punishment. That's something that doesn't really get them because they, they're already self-motivated. And and for them, because of that, they're often satis- unsatisfied, I should say, with with only one shot at something. And the reason is because they're convinced that if they just had one more chance, they could really improve it a lot, right? And since melancholics usually take a more realistic viewpoint of things, they they know their limitations and they rarely take on more than they can handle. They're Again, they're analysts, so they already have viewed, all right, well, this is how much time I have. This is how much this project is going to take in terms of time and materials, and do I have it? Okay. I mean, they're, they're kind of able to count the cost usually pretty accurately. So let's just sort of review their, their emotional strengths and weaknesses. So their strengths, uh, they're a deep thinker, very thoughtful, analytical, uh, serious-minded and purposeful, genius-prone. They're very talented and creative, artistic and musical, philosophical and poetic. They have a deep appreciation of beauty. They're very sensitive to others, self-sacrificing, conscientious, idealistic. Uh, on, on the weakness side, emotionally, they tend to focus on or remember the negatives. They can be moody and depressed. Um they almost like they, they enjoy being hurt because it, it kind of has something to sort of hold on to and it, and it proves that there's a reason for them to be depressed. They can be a daydreamer, you know, sort of off in another world, uh, low self-image. They're, they're sort of our, our selective hearers, you know. <laughs> they can be self-centered and overly introspective. They have a, a strong tendency to feel guilty. There's a persecution complex. They have a tendency towards hypochondria. Um in terms of friends, uh, their strengths as a friend, they make friends cautiously, but they remain very loyal. They're content to stay in the background. They avoid causing attention, very faithful and devoted. They'll listen to complaints. They're able to solve others' problems. They give good advice. Uh, they, have a de- they do have a very deep concern for other people. They're intentionally compassionate. They, they seek you know, the ideal mate. Now, the weaknesses as, as a friend is they tend to live vicariously through others. They can be socially insecure. As a result, they can be withdrawn and remote. They're critical of others. They can withhold affection. They, they dislike being opposed. I mean, hey, I mean, no one likes being opposed, but it's, a, it's especially kind of difficult in a friendship with them. Um, some of their strengths and weaknesses at work or school. So their strengths at work uh, they're very scheduled, detail-oriented. They tend towards perfectionism. You know, when they turn something in or complete something, you know it's going to be high-quality work because they have a high standard for themselves and others. They're very persistent. They're very thorough, orderly, organized, neat, tidy. They're very economical uh, in their, their use of 
time and resources. They're able to see the problem and find creative solutions. Uh, they need to, to finish what they start. They love charts, graphs, figures, lists, you know, anything that's sort of analytical oriented. Their weaknesses at work or school, um, they're not really people oriented. Uh, they can become depressed over imperfections. Uh, they, they tend to choose difficult work. They're hesitant to start projects. They spend far too much time planning. The analysis of paralysis, right? They prefer analysis to work, actually. They can be very self-deprecating and hard to please. Standards are often too high, and they have a deep, deep, deep need for approval. So kind of, again, a quick summary. And again, we're talking like the, this is inspired by, you know, Danny Johnson's gems, talking about the the melancholic or the emerald, right, is the terminology she uses. But these are introverted learner, loners, you know, they're creative thinkers, genius prone, they're exceptionally artistic and creative, often alone in their thoughts, but perfectionistic, slow paced, they're able to easily grasp tasks and systems because they possess a critical and challenging mind. And as a result, they can see the potential problems and also the potential benefits of a project. But they're extremely moody, suffer from deep depressions, reject people, set impossibly high standards for things. Um, they, uh, they develop hard to break habits. Um, they can have suicidal tendencies, low self-esteem, pessimistic. They're often very good decision makers though, with excellent leadership skills, especially in areas of their expertise. They follow the rules. They need very little control over their lives and the behavior of others are just sort of their own thing. Melancholics are, are often rigid and inflexible though. They're extremely sensitive to failure, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, and are likely to rebel as a result and tend to procrastination. As friends, they're very faithful, loyal, self-sacrificing. Their, their feelings run very deep, even though they're often unable to express those feelings. They're very deep feelings. So they're easily, they can easily empathize with others and, and make very deep commitments. They, <laughs> they never tire, though, of dissecting their past with the, the theoretical what-ifs, right? So melancholics can be critical of others, angry, cruel, vengeful, emotional, rarely tell people how they feel. Uh, they're cursed with a low self-image, sensitive to rejection from deep relationships. And the loss of deep relationships, even by death, is just especially devastating to them as a result. So... We'll continue our, our exploration of these personality types. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for listening. We know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there. You're choosing to give your time to us. We respect that and are grateful for that. Um, please check out our website, pk4all.com, for more resources. And please, if you haven't already, click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook. Building an emotionally safe home as our gift to you. Remember, we are with you every day, every step of the way. Until tomorrow, have a great day.